to the sixth installment of Dreams of a Better Day. <clears throat> I'm Cy, and this is Ben. Hello. This week we took a movie from uh, my own childhood that I have seen this movie even more than I watched A Little Piece of Heaven. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... So we're maybe, up in the hundreds at this point. I think we're probably in the hundreds. Because like I said, when we watch movies at my house, it's just a pastime, so... And this was, we went through phases of movies and this was just, you know, this was the friendship fields, uh, friendships field phase. Yeah. So that is the name of the movie that we're yeah. talking about today, Friendships Field. Yeah, it's a movie made by an organization that we have talked about, Feature Films for Families. And they made a whole bunch of family Christian films back, most, I guess the late 80s and the to the late 90s is when they made... Yeah. The bulk of them, or at least it was the golden era of feature films for families. And the summary of this movie is, according to IMDb, and I think we would both concur with this, set on a rural farm during the 60s. This film tells the story of Ira and Oscar, two kids who stay faithful companions despite the racism and prejudice towards Oscar on the farm. It takes place in the mid-60s, and Ira lives on this this beet farm where... Uh, so she's like 11 years old. She doesn't mm-hmm. have to work on the farm yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her family has a policy that whenever their kids, and well, they have four daughters. Whenever their daughters reach 12 years old, then they have to start working in the fields. So she's sort of, I guess, in her last... Well, the, the, the it's, film, it's, it's really a coming-of-age story, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, for sure, because it's her last summer as kid. Well, the, the, the story is told by older, like middle-aged Ira to her daughter. Yeah. And I think she refers to it as her last summer of freedom or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And while, and the farm is really big, and so they bring in uh, migrant workers every year to help with the harvest and the the general upkeep of the crop. Yeah. So the the real tension of the movie is a bunch of. Uh... Mexican families moving into this kind of rural white area. Yeah. And the racism, I guess. Yeah, the racism. Happens. And the the main uh, perpetrators of this racism are these three teenagers, three <laughs> yeah. just rebels. I guess they're teenagers. I think they look like they're 30. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I could never, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell how old they were supposed to be. Yeah. Because um, we know, even the oldest daughter, Jane, who's friends with these guys. Yeah, she's She a looks older. like she could be 30. And all the, these three guys definitely look like they're about 30. Yeah. The The ringleader of this trio's name, his name is Todd. Todd. And uh, we'll get to him yeah. later. We're getting ahead of ourselves, though. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to cover here. The first thing we need to talk about is the... So the framing device you mentioned where the movie begins with uh, this young girl carrying luggage or chest. I don't know what you call it. Uh, yeah, a trunk. A, a trunk. A thing. very large trunk that she has in an attic. She's dragging it across the floor. She opens it up and she finds a weird hat yeah, some and sort a baseball of Scottish mitt. thing I yeah think. some sort of Sco- sort of feathered scottish cap a set of bagpipes a baseball mitt and a variety of other things yeah and a picture that's right a drawn 
a hand-drawn picture and, and yeah. takes out the hat, puts it on. And at that moment, her dad walks up into the attic and she kind of pops up <laughs> and says, how do I look? Referring to this that. hat that she's found. And her dad's like, was that in the trunk you just brought up? And for, so... You're watching, you're like, wait, this like what? six year old girl. Yeah, and then carried this trunk, and then he pauses and he says, "Hmm, you may have brought up the wrong trunk." They're having this little girl <laughs> carrying very heavy luggage up and down the steps. It's dangerous. It's just mis. It's totally misguided. Yes, that was the you know, but not really the point of the movie. But it jumped no. out at us. Um, so she finds this hand drawn picture of this kid named Oscar. And a graveyard, and her mom, Ira, is in it as yeah. well. And so she asks what the picture is, and her dad says, well, go ask your mom about that, because he doesn't really want to deal with this. And so she goes, runs out to the field where her mom is working in the field, and asks what the picture is, and she says, it's a story. And then that kind of, you know, the wavy, dreamlike thing happens, mm-hmm. and we go back to the 1960s, where the story begins. Mm-hmm. And Ira is playing with a bunch of army men out in the fields somewhere. It's the 60s, so I think the the term that people would apply to Ira is that she's a a tomboy. Oh, yeah. She likes, doesn't like things that girls traditionally like, or especially at the time we're supposed to like. Yeah, so in the the very beginning of the movie, when the the girl is talking to her dad about what's in the trunk, he says to, the dad says to the little girl, your mother is not a girl. Oh, yeah, which... I just find the baseball mitt or something. Yeah, and like I didn't know girls played baseball or something. No, it was the bagpipes. I didn't. Know no, I didn't know. Gr- I didn't know girls could play bagpipes. And so, which is kind of funny because I didn't really know anyone could play bagpipes. <laughs> yeah, I think I've I know only one person. One person. Yeah, <laughs> who could play bagpipes. And yeah, the dad said, "What does he say?" He says, "Your mother's not a girl." Yeah, and then he, he realizes. How strange what he just said is. And so he's like, Very strange. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not like other girls or something like that. And then what I I appreciate about this movie, and this is the first example of it, is when it does something weird like that, it recognizes Mm -hmm. that it did something weird like that. Because then the little girl's like, well, you better just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Because there have been some movies that we've watched where this weird stuff happens (laughs) and the movie has no idea. Yep. No idea. But this one tends to recognize when it's doing weird things. Yeah. So that was good. So she's a tomboy. She's out playing with her army men, uh, blowing uh, blowing up army men with rocks. Yeah. And then she eventually goes back to dinner with her family. She doesn't like her sisters very much. Because they are girls. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because she is essentially a nonconformist and she doesn't like... I, I just doesn't like the way that her she doesn't view her sisters as having any kind of edge or yeah they're they're the basic girls yeah right yeah <laughs> because their dream for the summer is to be able to to go work the quick, beach yeah boys. work quickly enough so that they have time at the end of the summer to go and see the Beach Boys in concert. It's sort of, I, I got a whole uh, Cinderella vibe from this. You know, the three older stepsisters. Yeah. Except they're not stepsisters. Yeah. And Ira doesn't have to do any work at all. Either. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, okay. So, th- so no, I, it's but, a reverse yeah, Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose so. Yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah. It would make sense that they would be jealous of Ira because... Yeah. She doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. We should note that Ira's actual name is Iris. Yeah. And this is something that, because this movie's a little bit older, people might not know, but Ira used to be a guy's name. Yeah. My great-grandfather's name was Ira. Yeah. I don't think many men have the name Ira Mm. anymore. It's kind of become a woman's name. Right. Yeah. But, so, she calls herself Ira, but her name is actually Iris, uh, and she does not like that name. But anyway, 
as they're eating dinner, uh, Dad announces that they're going to be bringing in some Mexicans to help with the harvest because the harvest is going to be really good this year. Yeah. And so they need the extra help. And Jane, the oldest daughter, yeah, kind of, she's irked by this because, as she says, you know what always happens, there's always trouble when they come. And the dad basically asks the question, well, whose fault is that that there's trouble? Yeah. Right. Basically saying that it's the towns, the, 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 the white people in the town that are always mm-hmm. starting trouble and the Mexicans are just defending themselves. And then she, the Jane, the older sister, is like, well, why don't we just hire other people? And uh, the dad's like, what, your friends? Like, <laughs> obviously, her friends are no good. Yeah. Then we get our first glimpse of the, the Mexican families as they're kind of on a caravan. <laughs> <laughs> That was not. I didn't mean. Yeah. They're, they're in cattle trucks. They're, they're coming in a caravan. Oh my. <laughs> they're, they're on their way to the farm. Yeah, they're. They're they're in Mexico and they're they're at the family like Oscar's grandmother's grave. She has, I we don't I don't know if she's recently died or if she yeah it uh, must well, have been it, I think it was the well no not the year before that's Iris' grandmother uh, it had to be recent because the the gravestone said like sixty four or something on there mm-hmm. and this takes place in the sixties oh yeah so I think sixty five actually yeah so it's pretty recent yeah okay. So his grandmother's recently died, and he doesn't want to leave Mexico and leave the grave, leave essentially like the spirit of his grandmother behind. And so they get on; they they make their way to, they make their way to the United States, and these are legal immigrants. We should mention for our listeners out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have their visas to get into the United States. This is not a a caravan of illegal immigrants, right? Yeah, trying to come into the states. This is. We're not a political podcast. No, we're not. Anyway, so they go, they're on their way to the U.S., and I guess once they get there... Yeah, well, there's this weird scene where they they yes. stop they stop to sleep on the side of the road, and then this car drives up, and... Kind of, like, flashes them, and... Yeah, it flashes their lights at them, <laughs> and then they start honking the horn and just harassing them, and then... That's it? The, the car makes a, a U-turn, mm-hmm. right, and drives away. Just drives off. Yeah, and we find out, we're pretty sure anyway. Yeah, I think that this is Todd and his friends. Yeah, who we meet a little later in the movie, but he drives this red, this old roadster. Yeah. And it's an old roadster that pulls up. I don't understand how Todd knew. Yeah, because it it hasn't been said yet that they're going to be working on that farm. Yeah, and it's really late at night. Yeah, It's, it's as though, like, Todd goes cruising around in the middle of the night looking for Mexicans to harass. That's what it is. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's just—he's not a good. The guy. ultimate villain. Yeah, but this is the beginning of the sign that we're gonna—we're gonna be having problems. Race relations are, yeah. aren't going to be great when the Mexicans yeah. get to the farm. And so they get the Mexicans get there, I guess. Yeah, they show up in the town when Ira and her three sisters just go into town to do some shopping and just take a Saturday off mm-hmm. from working in the fields. And Todd drives up. About the same time that the Mexicans arrive in the the town as well. Yeah. We should mention that Todd has a thing for Jane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. The, I love the way the movie portrays it. He, you know, rides up in his convertible. He's got like a clean white t-shirt on. Yeah. 
Hey, Jane. All slick and everything. Yeah. And he, he has he has two buddies in the car. Blake, who always rides in the backseat. I guess he's at the lowest tier of their... In the friendship. Yeah. yeah. And then Randy. Randy. Randy rides shotgun. <laughs> Randy is the perfect lackey. Yeah. He is... He's, every time Todd says anything, he has that laugh. <laughs> this laugh is sort of like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Anything Todd says, anything funny, anything. He's not just, even if it's not funny. Yeah, no, it's it's. Yeah, I'm trying to even think. Does he have like he doesn't have lines to like the end of the movie? No, he doesn't. That's the only. Yep, he just laughs. That's yeah. <laughs> and so the 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 workers pull into the town, and they're Todd has a Coca Cola bottle, and he drives up to them. Well, first of all, what he says, they they come, and he's he's like. Summer's here. And then he drives up to them with a Coke bottle, throws it at them, then drives away, then makes a U-turn. And comes and, back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure what... I, I, he must have just been trying to provoke a fight. He must have been hoping that, like, they would fight him when yeah, he pulled I guess up. I so. don't know. But he also then has a conversation with the one Mexican guy whose name I don't recall. Oh, man. The older... I can't... I can't is, it, is it Oscar's dad or his older brother? His older brother. His older brother. Okay. Well, yeah, because he calls... He says... He calls grandma grandmother. Although it could have been a great grandma, I don't know. I think it was his brother. This is a big mystery. Or maybe it's another family relation. But they're related in some way. Anyway, yeah. Oscar is one of the younger kids who's with the Mexican families. Yeah. Uh, so you see him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. What does what does Todd say when the uh, the um, trucks arrive with the Mexicans on it? He says he makes a joke about a Mexican Airlines or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. He, Todd's clearly not a, a good role model. He he's definitely a, a bit racist. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit before we started this episode. This there aren't a lot of. I don't think there's there really. This is the only like Christian movie I can think of that even attempts to tackle these issues. I mean, a little piece of heaven had the whole race thing happening. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Pardon, pardon, pardon. I don't think it was really trying to tackle the issue so much as <laughs> kidnap the issues. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it. it I, I think it handles it all pretty well. But I, I like I appreciate that they actually have lines people say that are offensive and just because they need, a lot of times when Christians try to tackle these they kind of they try to circle around yeah they don't want to mention the nitty gritty as much portray. as possible but I I just appreciate that this movie was portraying racism yeah exactly they they use the word I'm not even sure if I should say it no the, but they they just use they use slurs yeah they the use movie. a lot of slurs about Mexicans which some people might say they shouldn't have done but I think it was good that they it did. Was, yeah, it was just it's just raw, and I, it it was it definitely made the movie more poignant. So eventually, I the workers arrive at the farm, and Ira is like sneaking around, like spying on them. Well, even before that, she visits the uh, <clears throat> she sees the Mexicans with her dad when he's going to visit them mm. to talk to them about something, and Oscar like in, waves her over to play soccer. Yeah, which it's a funny scene because when she arrives, it's like nighttime. Well, they first of all they. I'm trying to think. Don't they? They start driving at like late evening. It's yeah. still light out. Yeah. And they drive. I don't know how big this farm is, but by the time they arrive at the the workers' camp, yeah, it's it's, it's pitch, black. pitch black. It's nighttime. And then Oscar asks Ira, "Would yeah. you like to play soccer?" So she starts to play soccer. 
But all of the scenes that have Oscar in them in this point when they're playing soccer, it's like it's not nighttime, but it's also not daytime. It's like kind of eveningish. Yeah. But it's it's not pitch black, so clearly there were there were some continuity issues there where Oscar's scenes must have been filmed at a different point. Yeah. Unless him. it's just a very long soccer game, we can't rule out that possibility. <laughs> and it could have been dawn. That's true. That's true. That's but better. I don't think they played an eight-hour soccer game. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, when they... So Ira's sneaking around, as you said. Yeah, she... Kind of just making a game of it. Like, sort of treating the... As her dad points out a few minutes later, sort of treating the workers as, like, her army men almost. Yeah. Like, just kind of making a game out of their presence in... She, on call, the she calls them the enemy at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she goes, but then ends up peering out. She climbs into uh, her dad's parked truck and peers out from the driver's seat, just watching what's going on. Then her dad opens the door and she falls out. Then the horn honks. Yeah, the logistics of the horn yeah. honking. She grabs the steering wheel and the horn honks. <laughs> Can you imagine if every time you turned your car, the horn honks? I think he should probably get that checked <laughs> yeah, out. Get that looked at. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was it was weird because she does she just grabs the steering wheel yeah. and then the horn yeah starts blaring. I don't know. Maybe he has some sort of electrical issue in the vehicle. That yeah, we don't know. About. Yeah, it's it's never discussed. Another great mystery of the film. Yeah, does he get the electrical issue sorted out in his truck? Yeah, we don't know. But this starts then a conversation between uh, Ira's dad and Ira as they're driving back to their house from the fields. Which, I, I, find, I can find it somewhat believable that the fields are pretty far away. I mean, if you have to bring in a bunch of families That's to help true, you yeah. harvest, it's probably, you know, you probably yeah. got a lot of acreage going on. So I, I think it's believable that it takes a while to drive. But they have a conversation in the car where Ira's, she's just like, well, they're Mexican. And then Ira's dad is like, uh, well, yeah, but they're people. And they have this conversation about, you know, treating people like people yeah no matter what they look like and he talks about the fact that when two groups who are very different get together oftentimes there's conflict just because they're not like one another and it's a really good kind of description of why prejudice is bad yeah uh and i think the movie handled that really well however i don't want to focus on this too much but there is one problem with it is that and it comes up again on the schoolyard when there's a there's a fight on the schoolyard later in the movie but the juxtaposition is always they're not mexicans they're people which like it seems like it's implying that mexicans like calling them mexican is an offensive thing which it isn't mexicans are just, yeah you know we're americans they're mexicans these people are brazilians you know these people are russians it's not there's nothing wrong with calling them mexicans but I think it's because the town is using that word in a derogatory way. That's why they did it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have a real problem with that. But I just thought it was kind of a funny... It's like, they're, they're not Mexicans. Yeah, They're right. people. It is set in the 60s, I guess. So yeah. maybe that's... So anyway, that's that's one of the big conversations in the movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to go back and talk about the when the girls are out in the town and Todd drives up. Mm-hmm. Or no, maybe it happens at a different time that they go out to the town. I think they go a couple times. Yeah. So one of the times that they go out to the town, and this is another key scene, in my opinion, in the movie, um, Jane comes across Blake, the guy who sits in the back seat of Todd's car. And she obviously doesn't have a thing for Todd, but she likes Blake mm-hmm. and doesn't think that Blake is as bad as her 
as his friends. And yeah, her whole strategy with Todd is, uh, you know, eventually go out with him once and maybe he'll leave me alone. So she comes upon Blake sitting in the car and kind of stops and talks to him. And she says to him, it seems like every time I see you, you're sitting in the backseat of this car. And to me, that was kind of like a one of those key lines in the movie where what she's really saying is, you know, you, you hang out with these guys, you follow these guys around, you're just like, you're a follower all the time. You're not, you're not really taking a stand for you. You're just with these other guys. And I thought that was a really interesting way to do that with the whole like metaphor of being in the backseat of the car, uh, following Todd around. Yeah. Uh, and it's true, every time we see him in the movie, like, up to a certain point, he's just riding around with Todd in the backseat of his car. Yeah, and then he suavely replies, well, maybe it's the only way that I get to see the people that I really want to see. Oh yeah, because he doesn't have any wheels of his own. Yeah. So they have a conversation about uh, going to this dance, I guess it is. Yeah, there's a school dance. And she's going to go with Todd. Yeah. But she doesn't really want to go with Todd. She really wants to go with Blake. And so they have this conversation about like, well, maybe next time you can make it so you don't have to pretend to be with somebody else. Yeah. And so they're, they're clearly into each other somewhat. And then what happens next? Well, Ira befriends Oscar. Oh, yeah. I guess we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Sort of the, so the, the main part of the movie. <laughs> she's, well, I think she, once again. After the conversation about them being people, that's where she starts to really become friends with him. Yeah. And they just, they hang out. They, they pretty much do everything together. But. The first day that she meets him, uh, she takes him back to her house to have dinner with her family. Yeah. And her family's acting all weird when he shows up. They, they're noticeably uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but they make a space for him. And you can tell that Iris' dad is pleased that she's yeah. kind of understood what he was saying. Yeah. So they become, they become fast friends, doing the things the kids do, throwing dirt at each other. Hanging out in graveyards. They do throw dirt at each other a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like three or four times throughout the movie. But I guess in rural Idaho or Utah or wherever this is. <laughs> what is she going to do? <laughs> what do you do on a yeah. Saturday night? Yeah. <laughs> throw dirt. Yeah. But they oh they also go out onto like the lake or whatever that is. And like yeah. on, on a boat. And they're kind the of teaching. Huck Finn motif. Yeah, yeah, the Huck Finn motif. They're teaching each other their each other's languages. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because one of the things Ira asks Oscar, you know, they've been friends for a little while, and she says, "How do you say?" Well, she always refers to her sisters as poofy head sisters. Yeah. Well, to be fair, 1960s hairstyles, they, uh, uh, the helmet hair. Oh yeah, that's true. They they were a bit poofy headed. Yeah. So that's what she calls them. And she asks Oscar, well, how do I say poofy head sisters in Spanish? Mm -hmm. And Oscar doesn't understand why she... Like, doesn't like her family. Yeah. yeah. So he's he sort of encourages her to be kinder to her family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they talk about their grandmothers. Both passed away. Yeah, they have that, that in common. It definitely brings them close together, just the fact that they've both lost their grandmothers. Mm -hmm. And Oscar's... I guess Oscar's really opening up her mind to... Not only just accepting people for who they are, but also accepting your family for who they are mm -hmm. as well. And they, they're they even tackling kind of, you know, how do you deal with grief and death? Because uh, Oscar weirdly likes to hang out at this graveyard that's yeah. near the farm. And Ira's kind of freaked out by the graveyard. Yeah. So that, she's not sure why he likes to do that. And so they have some conversations about that kind of thing. But eventually uh, the dance happens. And we don't see the dance. But Jane and Todd come flying back into the driveway of the farm very early. And Jane is not happy. And Todd isn't happy. Apparently Todd has been saying some pretty racist things about Mexicans and what he'd like to do to them. Yeah, We don't see it. But yeah. 
uh, Jane is really upset about what he's saying. Yeah, she storms out of the car and is walking towards their house. And she basically tells Todd, you're one of those people who you end up seeing on the news who just cause mayhem and hurt people. Uh, So you got to think of like 60s race riots are happening at this point. Yeah, she... Doesn't definitely does not hold back about how exactly how and what she thinks about him. And this ticks off Todd. Yeah. So royally. he says or she says basically that even if he tried to do the things that he says he wants to do, um, he would get his keister handed to him. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, really? You think so? And so he drives off in a huff. Mm-hmm. And this is the first scene where we see Blake not in the car mm-hmm. with Todd. Yeah. Blake walks off. Todd drives up to him and. Well, well, Blake walks off and he says, you know what, Todd, Jane was right. And he just starts walking up the road. Mm -hmm. Then Todd drives up to him and says, so you think Jane was right, huh? Well, let's find out. Mm -hmm. And so he makes a U-turn and starts driving toward the uh, workers camp. And Blake takes off running after the car. And yells for I were to get her dad. Yeah, and so this is this is the uh, the high like the the high point of the tension of the movie. What's going to yeah. happen when they get to the farm? And it's driving. Oscar is walking on the road back towards the camp, and he stands in the middle of the road. Yeah, he, he is just sort of standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, I guess it, I don't know why he was doing that, but he sees Todd's car, you know, flying towards him, and he mm-hmm. I guess he's kind of having a deer in the headlights moment, even though. It, Todd's like mm-hmm. 200 yards away at this point. There's not a lot of hills, kind of flat, so you can see him coming. Yeah. <laughs> but he, Oscar stands there and watches, and then Oscar's older brother. Well, I think Oscar was like maybe coming to grips in that moment with like, I, it's either like people like hate is like, oh yeah, rises he's, to he's this dealing level, with, or he's like in a way taunting them because he knows, you know, this. He's not actually going to do it. But then his brother runs out into the middle of the road and throws something like a rock or a, I don't know, at the car. It might have been the Coke bottle. Yeah. It might have been. I don't know. We'll have to rewatch it. (laughs) And so, and then Todd turns and starts driving down on Oscar's brother. Yeah. That's the thing though. Because that's who he's after because he's mad because he knows Jane. Or at least thinks that Jane has. yeah. Yeah. Jane's friends with him. But he thinks that Jane has, like, a thing for him. Yeah. And he doesn't, like, veer off the road. So he wasn't even... I don't think he was going to hit Oscar in the first place. Because, like, he doesn't, like... They definitely try to make you think that he is, though. Like, the way the scene's set up. Yeah, it might have just been, like, a bad stunt. I don't know. But he kind of, like... He just turns off the road and starts bearing down on Oscar's brother. Yeah. And eventually... Yeah. Off screen, he hits Oscar's brother with the car. Mm -hmm. And um, so Ira's dad and Blake show up at the scene of the crime. And... Todd is running off into the field. Randy is crying. Yeah, I can he, say that he, he, he didn't want this to happen. Yeah. Uh, which, what, what did you expect was going to happen? Uh. <laughs> and then Blake shakes him and yells, Why didn't you do something? And then, what does he do, Ben? One of the, one of the greatest scenes in this movie. Uh, so Blake is shaking his friend. He's like, Why didn't you do something You know, to stop this horrible thing from happening and then he kind of looks up at todd i think running away yeah because todd's like running up a an embankment or something but the way the camera is set he's basically staring directly into the camera and then he muses to himself (laughs) 
why didn't I do something? As he's staring at you, the viewer. It was it was a, a very, um, uh, what's the word? Dramatic. Yeah, it was a very dramatic moment in which all of the viewers were compelled to ask themselves the question, when you see racism happening, why don't you do something about it? Yeah. So they get Oscar's brother into the back of a truck and head off towards the hospital. Yeah, and then after that, Oscar and Ira don't really hang out anymore. Yeah. Part of it's just, I mean, Oscar wants to be close to his family during that time. And he but... ha- I think he has to help work on the farm because his older brothers. Oh, are... okay. Yeah, I never made that connection. Yeah. And so they don't yeah, they hang don't, out. They don't... But school starts yep. for Ira. Yeah. And there's earlier in the film when she's in, she's getting ice cream with Oscar in a little like drugstore. And this bully comes up with his lackeys and he. It's the next generation of Todd. And his yeah, parents. exactly. And he starts, he just talks a lot of crap about. Yeah. Um, he says something like, I can't believe you'd go out in public with him or something. Yeah. Like he's, that. yeah. And Ira's so mad that she's just kind of looking at the ground and her face is crimson. What's interesting, if I remember correctly, she doesn't really defend Oscar in this scene. That's right. Yeah, they have like an, it's an awkward silence yeah. kind of, yeah. It's, okay, yeah. She doesn't defend Oscar. And then school starts and soon same, after that. And the same kid is there. He mm. is, this kid, I, he doesn't have a name in the movie, Mm-mm. but he has one of those faces where yeah. both Sai and I thought to ourselves, like, I know this kid from somewhere. Um, and it, it may just be that all school bullies, like kids like this, just kind of look the same. Yeah. He has that Draco Malfoy look. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> Even his hair is like... Yeah. The just, slicked back yeah. kind of... Yeah. He, he kind of looks like a little neo-Nazi. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> Yeah, and he starts talking crap again on the playground, and Ira is... Well, before the playground, they're in class, mm-hmm. and there's this kid sitting in front of Ira, uh, and he turns around, and he's like, did you did you really become friends with a Mexican or something like that? Yeah. And she's like, Ugh, not this again. And he's like, hey, it doesn't matter to me. And he's like, my name's Jim. And Jim is... I think Jim might be my favorite character in the movie, because he's, you know, he's 12 years old. Mm-hmm. He's new at the school, but... When I saw him, I I expected him to be holding like a briefcase. Oh, I know, and He's have a tie. Twelve on. going on forty. Yeah, he, he was. He is. The, and his name is Jim. Yeah, the quintessential businessman. Yeah. Uh, he he shakes Ira's hand when they first meet. Like he's just all professional. This guy is going places. Class act. Yeah, he really is. But he he befriend befriends Ira, and then when they're out on the schoolyard, and the bullies are trying to mess with Ira, and she's like, "Look, my friend's not a Mexican. He's a person." And you guys are all, you know, she standard schoolyard dissing, yeah. going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they try to get her to take back what she said. And she's like, no, I won't do it. And then the, the bully is like, well, it's three against one. So they're going to fight this girl. And then Big Jim comes along and he's like, well, actually, it's two against three. And so then there's a fight. And I think as would happen in any real school, when a fight happens on the playground, some little girl runs into the school and screams, they're fighting in the playground. Oh. And the entire school event evacuates to go watch this and then fight. that principal walked out and was, he's like we'll take care of this so I'm like, I, but there's he's mayhem like, yeah no we've got this under control guys probably after the fight go back to his office take a quick nip from the flask in his drawer <laughs> So the fight happens, and we only see the after effects of the fight. And Ira, oh yeah, she destroyed them. Ira, because they're sitting in the office, and they all have bruises and stuff. She has like a small mark on her forehead, yeah. I think. But I mean, yeah, she, Ira and Big Jim took the fight. Yeah, and the the mark on her head could just be because she headbutted somebody. Yeah, maybe she wasn't even. I think she, 
that's probably what happened. Yeah, her and Jim are unscathed. Yeah, unscathed and unstoppable. And her, yeah, her mom picks her up from school and basically tells her, "I'm proud of you for defending Oscar." Yeah, but. Uh, this violence always escalates. Yeah. And then Ira has her kind of dark moment where she's like, you know, is it even worth defending him if he's not going to be my friend anymore? Uh, you know, and her mom's like, well, if he had seen what you did today, he would probably still want to be your friend. And Ira's like, well, he didn't see it. She, she's she's pretty hurt that they're not friends anymore. Yeah. And at this point, Ira's mom decides that she's going to go and tell Oscar what happened at school. So that yeah, you know, try to mend the relationship there, mm-hmm. and it, they do hang out for a little bit. Then after that, yeah, for, yeah, because Oscar and his brother go to Ira's house because Oscar's brother wants to give Jane a letter of thanks. Yeah, for Blake for Blake. For out. Yeah, because he helped out at the initial scene of the accident. Well, no, not accident. He the <laughs> the, the accident <laughs> the, he, at the the scene of the crime, and he also helped the sheriff track down where Todd was. Yeah, and Todd was arrested. That's right. That's right. So and Oscar comes, and so Oscar and Ira go to hang out. Well, no. What happens is that uh, Ira's not home, and Oscar's like, "Oh, Ooh. I know where she'll be," and she he heads off to the graveyard. Yeah. To find her. And they're throwing dirt at each other. Again. Again. Yes. Once again. And Ira stumbles upon a rattlesnake. Yes. And so she's standing there. Oscar tells her not to move. And the graveyard is like this little fenced in area with crosses in it. So they're both on like opposite sides. Yeah. And so he crawls up to where the snake is and gets a stick and uh, lures it away. Yeah. So he basically saves Ira's life. Yes. Potentially. Yeah. Um, something happens at the house, though, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, yeah. So Jane, um, when Oscar's older brother comes back, Jane is like, uh, she clearly wants to talk to Oscar's older brother, but mom is standing right next to her. So she kind of gives mom this look like, you know, get out of here. And mom understands the look and leaves. And then she asks Oscar if he wants to go for a walk. So clearly there is something, or not Oscar, Oscar's older brother. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's something going on between Jane and Oscar's older brother. They Oh yeah, that's they have, right. Yeah. They have a thing for each other too, I think. Yeah. So maybe Todd wasn't all wrong about that. That's true. Not that his solution was any good, but yeah. But because of Oscar's older brothers, and the reason we keep calling him that is because I don't think he has a name in the movie. I'm trying to remember if they did. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they do. But his older brother, because he got hurt, they had to slow down their work on the farm. And uh, Ira's dad is like, "Hey, we'll hire some more people. They can take care of it." But the these folks are hard workers, and they're like, "No, we'll get it done. We agreed to get it done. We're going to get it done." And so they end up staying past their visas. Yeah, as they're working on the farm. And too. so. I guess one day they get off the bus, their mom's waiting for them and just tells them immigration agents came out and told them they had to leave. What what did you say about this? Yeah, so as we've been watching these movies, one of the the key elements that I've been noticing throughout all of them is the, the... commentary about the role of the state in all of these things you know a little piece of heaven yeah complete failure of the court system yeah uh, on our own complete failure of the foster care system omega code the uh secret service or whatever they were terrible yeah right um, yeah so uh, we've been noticing these problems with the 
the bureaucracy of government. However, in Friendship's field, within a week of their visas running out, all of the Mexicans had been deported. Yeah. So the immigration offices, props to them for yeah. being on the I ball. I mean, yeah. They, like, they were... We would we wouldn't have the immigration issues we have now. Yeah. If they were if they worked like they did in the sixties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. It's an it, idealistic world, I suppose, yeah. where the government runs smoothly and efficiently by deporting Mexicans. No. Anyway, so the the Mexicans get deported. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's kind of sad because they they've grown to be friends with these people. And Ira notices in the the camp where the Mexicans had been living, she sees a piece of paper and she looks at it and here Oscar had left her a drawing. Mm-hmm. And it was the drawing from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And that's really kind of where things wrap up. We go back to the older Ira. She's telling the story to her daughter. And she says, you know, I've I've never seen Oscar again. But we get, as she's saying these things, Laura, she's like sort of musing about if Oscar ever thinks about her. We see an adult Oscar kind of putting his young daughter to bed. And the drawing that Ira made for Oscar is Mm -hmm. sitting in the room. So clearly he is thinking of her as well. And so it's a... A story of friendship and coming of age and in a area in which race and gender issues are yeah, big. It, yeah, yeah. Because Ira's a, a tomboy in an age when being a tomboy was kind of frowned upon. Yeah, and that's really the 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 gist of the movie. I want to say my one of my favorite moments of this movie was the first day that the Ira sisters had to work in the fields mm-hmm. to wake them up. Her dad <laughs> gets out bagpipes. <laughs> And plays, marches up the stairs playing bagpipes, then stands in the room playing them. <laughs> he is the dad of all dads. <laughs> it's like the most dad thing I've ever seen. And like I can life. legitimately see someone doing that to yeah, yeah. Kids, like yeah. just trolling them in that way. And he's, he has this terrible Scottish accent. He's like, <laughs> like get on your feet, lasses. You got to get out to the field. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. One of the better characters in the movie. Yeah. Overall, I this movie wasn't bad. Yeah, so I feel like this this episode almost seems tame compared to all of the other ones because I don't have a lot of bad negative things to say about this movie. No. I some of the acting was choppy. Yeah, like the the white supremacist kid was kind of he was not a good actor. Yeah, the bully every time he talks about his lines it's like it's like he 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 clearly memorized lines and he like he like says it in blocks yeah i remembered i remember this and then this yeah and then this and it's almost as though he had some experience as a a stage performer right because whenever he has a line he like plants himself (laughs) points towards the camera and then he does very specific (laughs) like arm motions his diction is excellent (laughs) yeah it is but yeah, it didn't it didn't play well in the movie. Mm-mm. But I, I don't know. I think. Other do, you, than, do you want to rate it now or after we do the guiding questions? Uh, we might as well rate it now. I I think seven bagpipes. Seven bagpipes. I think so. That's pretty good because it it ta- it tackles the themes. Well. It did well with what it had, and yeah, I, I think seven, seven bagpipes. Seven bagpipes was very good. You stole my uh, oh, those are <laughs> my rating system. Now I got to think of another one. Um, Scottish I, caps, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> I'm going to give it a seven as well. I'm going to give it seven empty Coke bottles. Okay. There you go. Because it is, it's a good movie. It's it's no blockbuster. It's, you know, it's never going to wow anybody, knock anybody's socks off, but it's a solid movie tackling the issues that it wanted to tackle and tackling them well. Yeah. So the guiding questions, uh, what truth did you find in this movie? I mean... I mean, it, it tackled the whole, the racism issue very well, mm-hmm. and it I, I think it, it, it spoke a lot of truth about it. And like we said earlier, it didn't shy away from u- like using 
I think, proper, like, dialogue when mm-hmm. it came to how people talk about other groups of people that are different from them. Yeah, that that's a big problem in Christian movies. Is, like you said, they always kind of dodge those issues. And so, like, in certain other movies that are near and dear to our hearts, like the Buttercream Gang, you know, you've got these real gangs who are real dangerous. Yeah. And yet, the worst they ever do is, like, maybe spray paint something. Yeah, like, right. They're not bad guys, yeah. really, because they, they can't portray what gangs actually mm-hmm. do. But in this movie, it they portrayed, portrayed what racists actually do. Yeah, it portrayed the hate, and it portrayed, I think, that general... Uh, you find this no, you find this viewpoint on the on the internet, certainly, that, like, there, just, there wouldn't be any trouble at all if... If we got rid of them. We, yeah, we yeah. got rid of them. And even the characters who, like, are open to the Mexicans working on the farm and stuff, like the, the three older daughters, they have that, those kinds of feelings mm-hmm. at first, where they're like, you know, it would be a lot easier if we just didn't hire the Mexicans. Yeah, it shows it be, the whole spectrum, I think. Yeah. Of... Like, you have the actual active racist people, yeah. like Todd, uh, the white supremacist kid. Mm-hmm. Then you have the people who are kind of like, you know what, it would just be a lot easier if we didn't have to deal with this. Yeah. And then you have Oscar and Ira, who are kind of the ones who are act- actively working towards some kind of reconciliation. Yeah. So it does cover all all three groups really well. And one of the things... So our next question is, what did this movie get right? But we're answering that question yeah. here as well. One of the things I liked about the movie is... Uh, the Ira's a tomboy kind of thing because it showed that it's not necessarily you know a bad thing if a girl yeah, doesn't no. like girl things. Mm-mm. It was like I thought it handled that really well. Also, it's like hey, some some people are just kind of not gonna fit yeah. the, the norm. Did the movie change your perspective in anything? Now I know before you watched this, you were kind of a racist. <laughs> How did it did it affect that? No, 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 <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> I, okay, Ben, come on. (laughs) I just, I don't like the way this conversation is heading. I am not a racist. That's exactly what a racist would say. How many black friends do you have? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't say but, which is usually the the ultimate indicator. I'm not a racist, but but extremely racist. Right, exactly. All right, so what did this movie change your perspective on? Um, I mean, not really. It was it was a good movie that affirmed things that I already believed. Yeah, yeah. basically, it it changed my perspective on sixties fashion. Oh yeah, which was it is now that it's no good. No, no good. <laughs> yeah. What, what you got to expand upon that a little bit? What's your what's your beef? Like the hairstyles are just um, monstrous, <laughs> monstrous. Yeah. Oh man. I yeah, I suppose it was a weird time. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't really change my perspective on anything. I think I, I maybe I would I would echo your beef with the fashion. Does this movie raise any interesting questions about its subject matter? Yeah, uh, we've already talked about them. Though it talks about death, it talks about uh, identity issues, it mm-hmm. talks about race, and handles them all pretty well. Should this movie have been made? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good movie. Worth making, worth talking about these issues. This is one of the only movies that I have watched that if I have kids someday, I would... You would show them this one. Yeah, I would, yeah I'll definitely have that in the old collection. I think my <laughs> this, parents... this would be one you'd keep in the VCR. Yes, my parents do have the VHS of this, so I'll have to... We'll first get a VHS player. And then... <laughs> they need the full experience. Yeah, the tracking issues. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, if you were to recast this movie... Who would you choose? Ooh. All right. Stay with me here. James Dean for Todd. Yes. The, the whole, yeah, Rebel Without a Cause. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's... 
Okay, who's the... He's in a lot of shows about Mexican people. He's an older guy. Danny something. Danny Trejo or something. Yeah. Him as Oscar's <laughs> older brother. <laughs> uh, that would be... Excellent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you have any? I'm trying to think about this because I'm trying to think if I would recast the dad. Yeah. Hmm. Robin Williams as the dad. He could, yes. he could pull that role off. Yeah. It would basically be him in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it would. It'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've seen now for our listeners. Oh, yeah. I ben watched it. Finally watched it. And it was good. It you was liked good. it. Yeah. yeah. You liked it? Yep. Uh, which character didn't get enough screen time? That principal, man. <laughs> he was flustered in that moment, and I. I just you relate like, you relate to that I assume. I just like, I'm a teacher, and the thought of someone running into the room, into the school, just be like, "There's a fight on the playground," and oh, just the aftermath of the the whole thing <laughs> is a nightmare. Because really, when it comes down to it, as a teacher, you're just like a lot of it is crowd control. Yeah, it's sometimes it's terrifying because you're like. There's if an dozens. uprising were to happen. <laughs> yeah. There's dozens of kids who, you know, like their hormones are raging and they they're impulsive and <laughs> like what would happen? Like how close are we to pandemonium at all times? <laughs> just, just, all you need is just a little push over the edge. Just a little push. And a fight on the playground. That would be the push. <sighs> I think I was gonna say Randy, but I feel like Randy got the perfect amount of screen time. He did, yeah. Where he's just like the, the, the perfect lackey, mm-hmm. as you said. So I, I don't know that we needed more screen time from anybody. Would you recommend the movie and to whom? Yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah. Like I said, it's no, you know, it's not a blockbuster. This isn't an A-list movie, but no. it's a lot of fun and it's a good story. Probably my biggest criticism of the movie is the, the Friendships Field song at the end. Oh, it's just... Oh, because they had... A lot of the soundtrack was like... Like, whimsical kind of yeah, like it was sad a, guitar music. Yeah. And it wasn't bad music throughout the movie. No. But, but that song at the end. It's... Oh. oh yeah. It, I felt like I got diabetes. I know. After. Yeah. It's just so... It was an overload. Yeah. It was so unnecessary. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot how disappointed I was. Because basically what happens is the mo- Ira and her daughter walk off towards home after the story's been told. And then the song comes in and it wasn't it wasn't as uh uproarious as on our own but <laughs> it oh i need to tell you a story about this but go ahead it, uh, <laughs> i don't know I, I i don't really have anything else to say but that song just it created a completely different mood yeah the whole mood of the movie and then like the super sappy yeah. like uh, so do you think the osmonds did that song too i don't know <laughs> i was at home for thanksgiving last week and my mom decided to watch on our own on youtube friend of the podcast yes friend of the podcast my mom decided to watch on our own on youtube while i was there and within like probably more no more than like 15 20 minutes into the movie she's like they keep playing this song (laughs) (laughs) Uh, funny She didn't remember the movie, which was weird to me because, hmm. like, I I remember that clearly. Yeah, uh, but she didn't remember it. But I thought that was really funny. Oh, another thing while I was there, she showed me a bunch of like it's not feature films for families, I don't think, mm-hmm. or it might be like their newer branding. But she has a bunch of movies that are like feature films for families movies, but they're new. 
Really? Yeah, I don't. I can't remember the name of the. Oh, company. you should have brought some back. I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. But then I was like, you know, we haven't seen these movies as kids, so it's That's not going to be the same. But I thought it. I want to. I want to take a look at them at some. Yeah. Point. All right. Did anything in this movie really knock your socks off? I think, and we've already talked about this, but I think for Christian movies, the w- blatant way they portrayed racism. Yeah was surprising to me because i wouldn't expect a a family type movie to actually show racism right they would just skirt around it and they didn't in this movie so i think why do you think that is is like a moralistic issue oh yeah yeah i think i think that's mainly don't say bad words yeah it's a family movie parents Mm. don't want their kids seeing non-family things so we can't show that stuff it's the same thing with fireproof and the porn thing oh yeah you can't talk you can't really talk about it Mm -hmm. Can't show it. Well, obviously, you can't. That is correct, Ben. You can't show it. Not what I meant. <laughs> but you can't portray the struggle with the issue, really, because you're afraid to talk about the issue. They weren't afraid to talk about racism. Yeah, maybe. right. And that that was surprising to me, and I I appreciated it. And that's it for the guiding questions. I didn't see a whole lot when I was looking at, of reviews or summaries of the movie that were interesting to read, but I think you have at least one, right? Oh, no. <laughs> it's, not so, it's not so much a review of the movie. But... <sighs> This movie, this guy, it's on Google. Someone put this summary for the movie. And it's, this summary is the exact kind of thing that this movie is speaking against in a way. In the summer of 1965, a man befriends a young Mexican boy. Their treasured friendship prevailed over local prejudice, cultural difference, and tragedy. Uh, it's do you think I don't know? Do you think one of her sisters put that review on <laughs> yeah, there? Probably. That was Jane. Wrote <laughs> one that of those poofy head sisters added again. So yeah, good movie, enjoyable. I think that's all we really have to say. We've got our email and our Instagram and our Twitter, which I don't remember any of them. Better Day Cast is the Twitter. I think Better Day Podcast is the uh, the email address at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram gmail let us know about your thoughts about this movie you should watch this one or if you've watched any of the other ones you have comments about any of the other ones then please shoot us an email questions comments thoughts and if you ever wanted to marry one of your parents please let us know we're not still asking yes we are (laughs) we will always be asking this question because I, I don't want to be alone in this, yeah. all right? From this movie, though, we'd like to hear about if you ever got into a fight on the schoolyard, how that went down. You know, did somebody go running into the principal, like, there's a fight, you know, whatever. If that happened, yeah. we'd like to hear about it. Do you check the email regularly? Every once in a while. Oh, okay. I don't, We've so never I don't... gotten any of those. Oh, none? Well, we've gotten a couple. We, okay, see, we have. See, people yeah. are corresponding. Friend of the podcast, Phil actually emailed us god's not dead oh okay yeah he didn't text it but he emailed it which is just as good shout out to phil yes friend of the podcast friend of the podcast good so that's really about it i think that's all we got